Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. There's no Chester here, but we do have a repeat guest returning from last year where he talked about the Tennessee Titans with us, Brandon Hilliard. Brandon, welcome to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Thanks for having me, Akiva. Glad to be back. So I don't remember uh, off the top of my head how bullish you were last year on the 2021 Titans. Do you remember your what you, what you predicted? I think I probably had them around 10 wins, so... Not as good as they ended up being, but it didn't really matter in the end. So, yeah, I mean, they're right. They overperform, right? They win 12 games. They have kind of a wacky season. They destroy the Chiefs. They lose to the Texans, right? They yeah. um, they get into the playoffs and uh, they lose. Uh, they lose a squeaker to the Bengals. It was a team that absolutely made no sense. And I feel like that's about where we are this season, too. So, yeah, <laughs> every week was wild. You get blown out by Arizona. You beat Seattle uh, only by three. Like they, their schedule doesn't really. It's almost like a Madden game where it's completely random every week. They 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 beat the Rams by 12 on the road. Like uh, the highs were very high. The lows were sort of low. I mean, they only lost five games before the playoffs. Um, Tannehill only threw four interceptions all year, but also somehow was like <laughs> people were not happy. Well, I don't know. It, you know, you lose Henry midway through the year. It's not a young team. Yeah, you know, doing my research today, like this team is like sort of sort of old in a lot of spots compared to yeah. some of the other teams in the league. And eventually, like the magic runs out with Henry. It may not be this year. It may not be next year. He's he's a unique guy. But do you think the team is in general trending upwards or downwards? I would probably say downwards. I think the last couple of years were probably the peak for the team. Um, last year, almost being an outlier. But I think at this point, you know, I, I think, the organization has recognized that, right? Getting rid of AJ Brown, almost putting everything on the back of Traylon Burks. Who knows how that's going to pan out? Uh, but I think it's we've got a couple years of Henry left, like you said. After that, who really knows where this team can go? In terms of Tannehill, do you think Tannehill is on his way down? Also, like the team, or is he sort of treading water, being a you know an average quarterback, slightly above average quarterback? Uh, like, is that where he is now? He's what is he? Thirty four years old. Yeah, I think we've probably seen the top of what Tannehill can do, but I think he's around, you know, the middle of the pack as far as quarterbacks go. You could do worse than him. You could always do better than him. Um, up until the playoff game against the Bengals, I always said, you know, Tannehill's never really going to win you a game on his own, but he's also not really going to lose you a game. And then he kind of went out there and lost us a game. Mm -hmm. So I think he's he's really just kind of treading water at this point. I think with Malik Willis sitting behind him, there's there's a little fire under him to, you know, 
do whatever he can to save his job at this point, and he's kind of coming to the end of his contract. So it'll be interesting. Is this the final year of his contract? Or he's got one more? I think he's he's got one more after this, um, but I think this is the last big cap hit. Um, I think next year his cap hit goes down substantially, so it, uh, so, it could, be, yeah. could be time to move on at that point, but it all depends on this year, I think. This is Alex chiming in from the editing room. If the Titans want to cut Ryan Tannehill after this season, they would have to eat $33 million, which is obviously enormous. But this is a bit of a spoiler because Akiva is going to read some of the notes that I sent him a little bit later in this episode. And so uh, he and Brandon will discuss that in a few minutes. Uh, so walk me through the A.J. Brown stuff from your perspective. Was it that they just didn't have the money to pay him? So then he realized and demanded a trade. Was he unhappy specifically with the offense? Well, what happened with A.J. Brown? I tried to keep track of what both sides of the story are here. I think A.J. Brown is going to say that he wanted to stay in, t- stay in Tennessee. Um, the Titans said that they did everything they could to keep him. Um, I-, I think it was kind of a business decision in the end. I think Brown wanted more money than the Titans were willing to pay. I think we're kind of strapped for cash this year with Tannehill's big cap hit. We've got Derrick Henry, um, Taylor Lewan. Some of these big contracts are really starting to hit the team. Um, and, and I think it was a couple million dollars and they saw the potential to try and trade for somebody that a lot of people say is really like AJ Brown with Traylon Burks, but I'm nervous <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I would be too. I think Burks, uh, we talked about the wide receiver class with some of the other teams that have new receivers. Also, we were ranking them in, in a jets chat. I was in, uh, before the draft in terms of, you know, thing, if we'd get Williams or London or Olave or whomever, Burks was really the guy probably I like the least of anyone. I like David Bell better. Really, guys, I like better than Burks. And of course, I've been very wrong before. I've definitely been wrong on wideouts, and I think they're very hard. But I I, it, it does seem like the early word on Burks is a little bit uh, sketchy. Yeah, the asthma popping up is kind of a problem. He showed up to camp totally uh, out of shape from what it sounds like. It seems like he's got some really good days. You see some really good highlights of him from the beat reporters on Twitter. And then you just see some days where he's running with the twos, running with the threes, can't keep up with Tannehill and the rest of the ones. So it's, it's like you said, kind of sketch, very up and down. Um, but part of it could just be the games that Brable likes to play, right? Of You know, he's a rookie. We're not just going to make sure everything's handed to him. Playing him late into the fourth and the first playoff, or first preseason game could kind of just play into that mentality of you got to earn your spot. And receivers used to kind of suck in their first year. And, you know, the Jeffersons and the chases of the world have sort of turned that on its head a little bit. But it is a very hard position to learn. Uh, and it's not crazy. Like, I, I don't think if he's if he shows flashes this year, but ends up with like a 31 for 522 and it, it he he may be um, uh, more of a project than some of the other guys drafted. And I wasn't high. Ultimately, I wasn't high on on the draft class as a whole. Um, and if I was at least high on him, I don't know. Uh, in terms of the other receivers. So Robert Woods, people might forget at this point, even though it's only 12 months ago, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were being drafted in fantasy drafts back to back last year like somewhere in the fifth round or something yeah they were essentially considered even and cup becomes you know one of the biggest stars essentially an afterthought now he's found his way to tennessee have you heard anything any good signs about woods in terms of like because again he was he was on the verge of stardom and and, you know and playing the best football of his career of his career before he gets hurt last year so are you are you bullish on woods or or do you think maybe he's also on the downside post-injury I think I'm bullish on Woods. It, it sounds like, you know, the, the ACL recovery has gone really well. 
Um, it, it seems like everything out of camp is that he's got really good chemistry with Tannehill. Um, my biggest concern is, you know, can he be a one? I don't think we've ever really seen that in his career. Like you said, mm-hmm. he was when he was really kind of on the upside of his career, he was with Cup. I mean, he had somebody on the other side who turned into the biggest superstar wide receiver in the league. And is he going to be able to do that himself? I don't know. And I think that it, it's it's really going to kind of play into how Traylon Burks or Nick Westbrook-Akina, who we currently have listed as the other number one wide receiver, can help him as far as coverage, those kinds of things. Are they going to draw coverage away from him? Answer this question for me. The state of the offensive line is, I said the offensive line right now is A, great, B, very good, C, average, D, below average, E, a disaster. I'd probably put it at a C, mm-hmm. <laughs> very That's average. Lawan's um, always going to get a lot of praise just because, you know, he's a personality. I love him. Probably one of my favorite Titans of all time. Um, but we've got left guard and right tackle that are both still up for grabs on, on the line. And I'm not sure that I love any of the four people that are fighting for those two spots. So that's probably one of my biggest concerns on the team, especially with Henry coming back from injury. Some of the, the issues we've seen with Tannehill, I think it's all going to start with the line. I, I don't feel great about it. The other tackle, Dylan Raddins, he was a second round pick last year. He, he, you're confident in him? Uh, I think I've liked some of what I've seen from him, but the fact that he hasn't been able to lock up, you know, the starting spot yet, and he's mm-hmm. still kind of listed as a co-starter at this point on the depth chart is is kind of concerning to me. Yeah. Uh, so other than Brooks, is not a team that's going to have a ton of snaps from its rookies, uh, unless I'm mistaken. They didn't have a ton of mid-round picks. Uh, Malik Willis, of course. I mean, actually, let's talk about Malik Willis for a second. At, th- at this point, I don't even. I assume he's going to win the back the backup job over Logan Woodside, who's sort of very quietly been there for a long time since then, and almost always plays. But it seems, uh, from what I've sort of just gathered, it does seem like there's been some good reports about Willis. What what is uh, the early Willis uh, news been? I think really similar to what we've seen from Burks. Right, you know, it's up and down. Some days he's he's flashing some really good potential, and I think that's kind of what we expected from him. But it, there are other days where, you know, kind of the word out of camp is he's making some throws that he shouldn't make. He's not reading coverages right. Um, still needs to work on some of the mechanic stuff, which I think is what we thought. Um, I will say that, you know, when we traded A.J. Brown away and got, I think it was the 16th pick in the draft, I thought the Titans were going to take Malik Willis there. I thought it was kind of the end of the Ryan Tannehill era. Mm-hmm. So I was thrilled when we took him. I think he's great um and i think sitting behind Tannehill for a year however long Tannehill can make it this year is going to be really good for him yeah i mean you should not come out of liberty and play week one or even week seven so i, I think that's perfectly reasonable and like you said the third round pick for a guy with that le- amount of talent for a qb is basically house money if it doesn't work out not a big deal it's not like you're the jets constantly wasting the fourth pick in the draft on, uh, <laughs> on a guy exactly not, yeah not, not pinning up uh but i like Tessan haskins at michigan yeah. so i think that's an interesting not that you really need to change the pace back but you know, Henry, who knows if he'll be able to play all 17 games, you know, 23 carries a game. But I did I did like Haskins. Uh, I don't know how much playing time he'll get, but he was a guy I, uh, who my in college. Yeah. Before Akiva turns to the defense, Alex is in from the editing room to chime in. My commentary on the offense is I think this offense is going to suck. You know, A.J. Brown gone, Julio Jones uh, might have a rebirth with Brady. Uh, it doesn't really matter. He did, he did His year, we hear, was a one-year failure. Uh, Derrick Henry turning 29. They discussed it a little bit, but I think they glossed over it. Like, that's really old for running back, especially with all the carries he had on his body in 2019 and 2020. Uh, before his injury last year, his yards per carry was already the second worst of his career. Uh, I think his numbers, even if healthy, are going to more closely mirror last year than the previous seasons, which for fantasy purposes was fine because he was getting some touchdowns. But, but 
but as a guy that they're building their offense around, I think it's a severe downturn. Ryan Tannehill also, he had by far the biggest drop-off in the NFL last year at quarterback from the year before. He was just a disaster. They're paying him a fortune this year, more than any player in the league, and they're going to be have to pay him uh, a fortune next year, either to go away or they're going to have to restructure his deal because uh, of the contract they signed him to. The offensive line, which Brandon said he thinks is about average, PFF has it ranked 27th in the NFL, which is kind of shocking because this was a good offensive line for a lot of years. But Roger Saffold leaving, Taylor Lewan has never really come back to his old self from when he tore his ACL a couple of years ago. So a 27th offensive line with no A.J. Brown, uh, no Arthur Smith, no Corey Davis, uh, both of them. Uh, I think their absence uh, noted last year a little bit uh, in the numbers that we saw from Tannehill and his performance. Tannehill and Derek Henry both on the back nine of their careers. So this is an offense that across the board I have uh, major concerns with. I've done no fantasy research yet this year, so uh, this might be a very hot take. But in a standard league, it's not impossible that Austin Hooper could be the second Titan off the board. And I know that's probably wrong, which is why I said it's a hot take. But um, yeah, I hope. uh, fortunately for Tennessee, the defense is much better. Uh, turning to the defense for a second, there are a lot of usual suspects here. Think if, uh, you know, as a, a non-Titans fan, I'd say Kevin Byard, maybe the biggest name, maybe the, maybe the star of the defense, free safety. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, of course, first round pick. The problem, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this team ultimately needs to be able to get to the passer of the elite AFC teams, of which there's a bunch. And I'm not sure they can do it. What do you think about that? I mean, we sacked Joe Burrow nine times and still lost a playoff game. So That's true. <laughs> um, I, I think the defense has kind of made it a turn there. I think with Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Tart, Autry, all those guys that we've got, you know, linebackers and on the defensive line, um, there's a lot of potential to get to those guys. I think they've kind of built so it's team. It's not one guy, to... but but yeah, you're saying it's more of a balanced uh, pass rush. Yeah, I, I think it comes from multiple places. I think the, the center of it's always going to be Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they've got, you know, really good pieces around him that allow them to kind of consistently at least hit and, and make the Mahomes, the Josh Allens, Herberts, all of them a little more uncomfortable than some other teams in the AFC would. Uh, first round pick last year, Caleb Farley, a cornerback. How did he look last year? What are your, what are your Farley takes? He was injured for most of the year last year, um, mm-hmm. which he was injured going into the draft. So I, I think the jury's still kind of out on him. It, it sounds like he's had a decent camp so far. You always see um, him making some big plays. He's big-bodied. I think he's got a lot of potential, um, but a lot of it is some of that raw talent, right? He's, he's dealt with injuries for a while, so now it's seeing if he can really make that turn and become what we drafted him to be. Because with him and Bayard and Hooker in secondary, I think the secondary can, can be pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the secondary could be a real strength of the team. Uh, you, also, you know, I mean, also... The AFC is brutal, but the division is really not brutal. So I do think uh, I do think you guys can really shut down the Jacksonville, Houston and Indy passing attacks. You're in a pretty good spot. I If if I could trade, you know, I mean, my team stinks. But if if you're like a middle, if you're in Arizona, if you're a Philly, like a sort of an average, slightly above average team, like everyone in the league would love to trade spots with the Titans right now in terms of uh, their schedule, in terms of their division. I think that, you know, can't win this division and get 10 or 11 games. Uh, it could be long term. It could be trouble. We have some take. Chester is not here. My coast is not here, but he did. He did send me over some Titans takes. Are you ready for that? 
I, I am always ready for Chester's takes on the Titans. Okay. So he starts out. He says, somehow the Titans were the number one seed in the stack they've seen last year. And Ryan Tannehill having his worst year in Tennessee and Derek Henry missing half the season due to it. That's my Chester impression. <laughs> Tannehill has the highest cap hit in the NFL, which resulted in the, the Titans having to trade A.J. Bur- AJ Brown. They'll try and replace him with rookie, rookie Traylon Burks plus Robert Woods, who's a 30 and coming off an ACL injury. And it's, But it's inarguable that they've taken a massive downgraded wide receiver. And that's before the obvious regression that's coming, he says. The Titans were 20th in DVOA, by far the lowest DVOA for any top two seed in DVOA's history. They're projected as an eight-win team that got lucky, especially with a 6-1 and one record in three-pointer fewer games. Saving grace is that they're still in the worst division by far in the AFC. But the Colts should be at, be at least as good as last year, and the Jaguars should be better. That, I think, hard to argue. He says, Malik Willis looked great in college, but it was for liberty against weak competition. Is there is there, is there a chance this is Tannehill's last season in Tennessee? They'd have to eat $33 million to cut him after the season with number, but the alternative is paying him $46 million to keep him on the roster, so either they're going to cut him or restructure by giving him the guaranteed money uh, in later years. What do you think about that? The Tannehill situation. I think it's hard to, to really know what the Titans are going to do, right? I mean... They got rid of Mariota, who was supposed to be the face of the franchise, drafted to be, you know, long-term solution there, and put Tannehill in that position. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is a make-or-break year for Tannehill. I could see them moving on from him after this year, which would be unfortunate because, you know, the cap hit is still going to be high, not as high as it would have been this year or in previous years. But I, I think it makes sense. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what they see out of Malik Willis, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. was drafted as a project. Um Third round pick, he doesn't have to start right away. But if he does show flashes in, in practice and in camp, and then depending on how the Titans season is going, if he gets any game time and, and shows progress from where he came in, I, I think it could be Tannehill's last year. Right. So it's less about Tannehill and more about Willis, because we know as much as any quarterback in the league, Tannehill's like Kirk Cousins. There's not a lot of huge ups and downs. He's pretty consistent from year to year. Alex from the editing room. That's literally less true for Ryan Tannehill than any quarterback in the NFL between 2020 and 2021, but whatever. So it's really about what Malik will give, you know, in terms of not paying for. But I, I, you're, we're bearing the lead. Like, it's almost impossible to get out of that contract. What does that mean? Give him yeah. more years like there, You'd have to you're going to have to be paying him. It would like that's a lot of money. He's not he's not going to agree to anything that's not in his favor. So you're talking about give him 15 million a couple years in a row. Where he's not going to be playing for you like that's that's not ideal either. So you might have yeah, to suck it I, up and you're probably gonna have to suck it up and, and pay him that ludicrous amount of money next year. Yeah. And and I think that may be the position that we're in. I think this franchise is one up until the AJ Brown trade is as far as, you know, since the variable's taken over, since Robinson's been the GM, loyalty has kind of been their thing, right? You know, we're gonna stick with our guys, we're gonna do what works, we're not gonna be flashy. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the AJ Brown trade, I would have said, you know, they're not really gonna come out and say someone's our guy and then get rid of him. Um so I, I think that's probably more the norm for the Titans. And I, 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 it could be hard for them to move on from Tannehill, right, financially. And just the fact that, you know, they've kind of put the whole franchise on him. And it, it could tank the morale of the team, the fans, all that, if things go south. Did, did you have any problems with that contract or you were fine with the Landry contract? I was fine with the Landry contract. I think the way that it's always kind of been understood from fans is, you know, they were going to be able to pay two of the three, Simmons, Landry, or A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think now the hope is that we can get Simmons signed to a long-term contract. If we can do that, then I, I'm totally fine with Landry. If not, I may have some issues. So but jury's still out on that one. By the way, we ranked uh, quarterbacks and coaches. I should have said up top, we have the Titans tied for 18th. So 
you know, for a franchise that's often considered like the average, I mean, yes, they were the one seed in the AFC last year, but uh, that that's often sort of was famous for going eight and eight and is an average. So that's that's in the middle there. But we'll get to if you think that's uh, too low if when we play the schedule game in two minutes. One more Chester take. He says, I might have been too low on Vrabel in my coach ratings. Him getting this team to the number one seed last year is really impressive. Him turning the team from an offense first team to a defense first team without taking a step back is also really impressive. The challenge is that it's not likely that the AFC South will produce two playoffs. So it's imperative they stay ahead of the Colts. It's more of an opinion than a question, but thank you, Chester. Um, I agree with that. All right. So let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't argue. It is possible. You know, everyone's putting three and a half teams uh, out of the AFC West, but. Someone's going to have a bad year. Someone's quarterback's going to get injured. Someone's going to start off two and six in that brutal division. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's almost impossible to get four teams into the playoffs from a division. Uh, so let's play the schedule again. It starts off pretty cushy against, against the Giants in week one. I think Giants week one, that's a win. Another New York team, but this one on the road. At Buffalo, Monday night football in week two. Is that a doubleheader? Why is that game at 7-15? Yeah, there's two uh, Monday night games that, that week. Oh, that's the 7 that's like the yep. they're sort of overlapping. That's a weird schedule thing. Yeah. Used yeah. to be two in week. Not my one. favorite. That's what I thought. I, I thought we had the first Monday game of the year. Um, but no, it's week two at the Bills. Um, we always play the Bills a little a little tough. Um, but I think in Buffalo, it, it's gonna be hard to pull that one out. So I'd say that one's a loss. Okay, they host the Raiders in week three. I think that's gonna be another tough game. Um coming off the Buffalo game, I'll I'll I think we'll go with a loss there too. You know, and a lot of the uh, you know, we don't see the Chiefs and the Chargers playing, I think, until December. There's a couple of major divisional head-to-heads that we don't see at all until the last five, six weeks of the season. But you guys are done with the Colts by your sixth game. So you're at Indy in week four. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game, especially if we start off one and two, like I think we might. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of a must-win game. I, I think we've got to win this one. It's it's a win. Mm-hmm. And then at Washington. That'll be a nice one. Um, I don't see them being as good as... Some of the other teams we played, I think that's another win for us. All right. So three and two heading into the bye. And then you get the Colts again, this one at home. Are you going to sweep the Colts? I think we'll split it this year. I think that one will be a loss. So at Houston and at Kansas City are the next two games. Yep. I think Houston, for some reason, we always struggle against them. But again, I think with this division, we've got to win these games. I think we've got a win in Houston and we play Kansas city pretty tough. I think we'll, we'll take both of those. So you're going to, you're calling a win at Kansas city. Okay. Five and three. That's impressive. And then you host Denver. What do you think about that? Being from Denver, I have to say, we're going to take this one. I can't give the Broncos a win against the Titans. So this will be a win. Uh, remind me. So you're from Denver. How do you become a Titans fan? Uh, mom was a Broncos fan. Dad was a chiefs fan and decided I wanted no part of that rivalry. Hmm. Interesting. You could you didn't want to go with the Raiders or the Chargers to really get like even more in the mix. In hindsight, maybe I should have, but I think I was like eight or nine and decided I wanted the team that had the sword looking thing on the helmet. No, I could see the Titans being they have like <laughs> pretty cool colors. I could see them being a fun team for kids. Yeah, absolutely. But it was totally random because yeah. you weren't you weren't in you weren't in Tennessee. No, I think the Titans were, you know, it was a Steve McNair days they were a lot of fun to watch so yeah that was yeah i mean they actually kind of weren't it's uh, they were kind of like mcnair <laughs> was incredible i loved mcnair but yeah. they played very ugly football they played like a lot of big games that felt very important like the baltimore games whatever but they weren't actually they weren't like airing it out really that much you know they were more of a running and and smash mouth team weren't they 
Yeah. I mean, they weren't throwing bombs thing, to right? like Kevin Dyson and stuff. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess that's fun for some people, but uh, they, but they were, they, yeah, they were, and McNair was, I mean, he was literally called Aaron McNair and he was, had their reputation, but they really were never that type of team, interestingly. Yeah. Uh, they were I, really, I, a pu- they were always a punch you in the mouth team, all those, all those, all those teams. It just seems to be our thing, right? It seems to be where they, the team still wants to go now. So, I mean, they've really never <laughs> been a finesse team. I mean, maybe they had like a year I can't think of, but this has never really been a finesse type of team. Yeah, um, maybe the Kerry Collins days. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. <laughs> Uh, wait, so you had them beating Denver to go in six and three? Yep. Okay. And at, now that's a really tough week at Green Bay on that Thursday night Amazon game. Short that's going to be a tough one. At Lambeau is going to be wild short week. I, I think the Packers have that one. We'll take, we'll, we'll do a loss there. Six and four Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday against the Bengals. You get to, a little bit of a rematch after the wild, wild card game last year. I just can't see us winning this one for some reason. <laughs> I think there's going to be too many shades of the playoff game. So I think the Bengals will take this one. Uh, Tennessee at Philly. Was there a crazy Eagles Titans game? I'm trying to think of. Did they tie or something? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think why I have like these two teams in my head together. Anyway, Alex from the editing room. Since moving to Tennessee, the Titans have played the Eagles six times. They're actually five and one against them. The most recent one, which was four years ago in 2018, is what Akiba was referencing, I think. This was a game that went to an overtime where both teams scored in the first season of the new overtime rules. The Eagles had a 17-3 to lead, but the Titans came back, actually took the lead themselves 20-17. to But the Eagles got the ball back and kicked a field goal at the end of regulation to tie it at 20. The Eagles then won the toss, drove down the field and settled for a, another field goal by Jake Elliott to take the lead in overtime. And then Tennessee got the ball back and went all the way to the very, very, very end of overtime, where with 17 seconds left, Marcus Mariota found Corey Davis in the end zone for a touchdown. And it was the first year of the new rule. And I think the first overtime game in which a team kicked a field goal and the other team then got a touchdown to win. But th- that it happened with uh, you know just 17 seconds left made it especially dramatic. I mean, I guess they did. I mean, I know AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so it's AJ. They come to visit their old friend AJ Brown. uh, Six and five. What do you think? I I think we'll take this one. All right, so seven and five, and they host Jacksonville first time all year. They play the Jaguars. I think that that game comes at the perfect time. I think we'll take that one too. Okay, eight and five, and then they go to LA to play the Chargers. Tough game. For some reason, I I think the Chargers always have our number. I think the Chargers are going to take this one. Okay, so eight and six, and then they play both Texas teams at home. Houston and they have another one of those Thursday games against Dallas, two in one week. So Houston's on think, uh, is on Saturday, Christmas Eve. I think we'll we'll beat Houston, um, and then I think Cowboys will be a tough game. I'd probably go with the Cowboys on that one. Now I'm Jewish. I don't, is the whole day Christmas Eve? I feel like one p.m. shouldn't be Christmas Eve yet. It, it should be the night before, right? Should be the night before, <laughs> maybe four p.m. Even if it's not dark yet or something. But one p.m. I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, that's how I do it. Once it gets uh, dark, it's Christmas Eve. Okay, so you uh, so you put you you say they they're winning both of them. Uh, losing to the Cowboys. Losing to the Cowboys. So that that brings up the ten and six, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Alex here again. Akiva wasn't listening. Uh, he said they were eight and six, and then they beat Houston and lose to Dallas. So they're nine and seven, not ten and six, which makes the Week 18 game maybe even more important. And then and then last game at Jacksonville. I assume Jacksonville will have nothing to play for. Yeah, hopefully we're not in a situation where we've got a, a playoff spot on the line like the Colts last year and the Jags want to stick it to us, but I, I think we can win this one. Now they're over under. So you have them winning 11 games, actually 10, 
which is less than last year, but their over-under is only nine. Uh, and like Alex said, like there were some fluky wins last year. This, the division, you know, the Jaguars are bad, but maybe not as abhorrent as last year. But and it's also it's a nine, but it's a minus one hundred five nine, meaning they're trending towards eight and a half, closer than nine and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what Vegas thinks they know about this team, other than they're just maybe very nervous about the receiving crew. Maybe they're very nervous about uh, Henry's health. But it is interesting to me that a team that's pretty, ultimately, other than Brown, pretty similar to last year is uh that won 12 games same coach I, you know division is weak i'm kind of surprised that number akiva read my notes but obviously didn't listen to them as i said they were 20th in dboa last year they performed as an eight win team that got very lucky and so uh the total of nine just used closer to that dboa ranking and then maybe because the public sees them as a 12 win team is why it's boosted a little bit higher than that so i would also go over although i'm not as bullish as you i would probably not have I'd probably have them win 10 games, not 11, but that's fair. No, actually, Akiva, you're equally bullish at that point. Oh, and by the way, in our cumulative rankings, we have the team tied for 18th, but I'm actually slightly higher than Akiva. I have him at 17, he has them at 19. So I don't know how he has them winning 10 games when he ranks them as the 19th best team and he has them way behind the Colts. And 11 and 6, you think that wins the division, I assume, right? You have them splitting with the Colts. Yeah, I think so. I think that's enough to win it. And who's the worst team in the division, the Texans or the Jaguars? Texans. I feel like it has to be the Texans. Lawrence is, he can't be as bad as he was last year, right? No, I think he'll be good this year. I, I, if he's, I mean, if he's not, you could stick a fork in him, but like, I think it's a complete waste. I think the Meyer thing, he probably had no growth. It was, the team was just a disaster. I think bare minimum, he'll be demonstrably better. I don't know if that means he'll be a star one day, but uh, a couple more questions. First of all, we didn't do coach confidence ranking. I would, uh, you know, if I was a Titans fan, I'd be pretty psyched about Vrabel, but on a scale of one to 10, one being Adam Gase, 10 being Bill Belichick. What is your degree of confidence in uh, in Mike Vrabel? I love Mike Vrabel. I would go with 10 just because I love him so much. I, I think that's the reason I'm more bullish on them than some people. Uh, I think the Titans play a lot of close games, and I think what it comes down to is coaching, and Vrabel does a really good job at somehow finding a way to win in those close games. Mm-hmm. It helps if we could beat up the players who don't listen to you, you know? There's probably like a degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think Dan, uh, now I, the team stinks, but you know, you see that on hard knocks also with Dan Campbell, like he's doing the up downs and stuff like uh, it. I feel like, listen, I think uh, some aspects of being an NFL coach, I'd be good at. I think it'd be good with uh, like last two minute drills and stuff. I don't, I don't think the players would have a lot of fear of me, you know? Yeah. I don't think I mean, they'd be like, oh, Wienicker's think... going to beat me up. <laughs> I think I'm right there with you. And I think Brabel, like you said, Campbell, those are two guys that definitely kind of put the fear of God into people, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of fantasy, is there somebody who you think like, hey, fantasy people should look out for on the Titans? If you're in your 15th round and mm-hmm. want to add a wide receiver, you've already for some reason drafted a defense kicker or whatever. Uh, Kyle Phillips, he's getting a lot of really good buzz out of camp. He's a rookie. I think he was our fourth round pick this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's gelling really well with Tannehill. I've heard nothing but good things about him all offseason. Yeah, he had, he had 10 touchdowns last year at UCLA. Kind of very quietly last season. So that, that's interesting. I uh, haven't heard much about him. So that's, that's a good call. And uh, outside the skill position players, is there a rookie or a young player people might not know that you're particularly uh, excited about that might break out this year? The last couple of years, I keep I keep talking about our kicker, <laughs> Brett Kern. And this year might be the year that he gets overthrown. We've got a uh, rookie punter, I think, uh, Ryan Stonehouse in, who's really given him a run mm-hmm. for his money. Ah, so you're talking about um, right, the punters. Okay. Because Bullock's yeah, the kicker, punter. right? Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's been for Ryan some Stonehouse is a great is a great name. Absolutely, that's a great uh, name. He's, 
especially for a kicker. And he's out of Colorado State, so local to me. So I've been following that a little more closely than probably most people or that I should. But it's been kind of a camp battle that's been fun to watch. The punter, you gotta love the punter battles. Okay, so I was not expecting to hear uh, a, like a UDFA punter, but that's fun. <laughs> I, um, I think the other person I would say is I, I just can't say his name. It's our uh, second string tight end, Chikozim Conquo. Um, mm-hmm. He's been getting a lot of buzz too. Also a fourth and round think, pick. You guys, yep, you guys did have a lot of mid round picks. So I scratch what I said earlier. That seems to be our our sweet spot. Is third fourth round um, mm-hmm. that's where we got fired it's where we've gotten a lot of these guys so i think he's going by chig at this point so chig seems like he's um in a great spot behind hooper yeah i didn't say he went to maryland i didn't see much of him but um he's a he's a big guy so all right that's that's fun all right so the titans i you know people always say oh they're boring but this wasn't boring i had a great time with you and, and uh you know we're gonna do best bets chester and i towards the end of the series but i think nine over uh, i could spoil now that's for sure for the titans i think i'm without question going over nine things could go very wrong and this team could still push and win nine games lose lose eight stop lying akiva you picked them 19th lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.